Never. I'll never rest on this stuff behind me. I'll never rest on these laurels or these accolades that I have. Because if I do, I'm dead in the water. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. I sound about 75% better than I did last week, which is 100% good news for you, the ATB faithful. We've got a Celtic warrior incoming. We're going to talk NXT so much to get to. And of course, I can't do it without the Cheshire cat to my mad hatter, the voice of NXT, Vic Joseph. Vic, what's the word, my friend? I'm a little perturbed with you. Why are you perturbed with me? Your comments you make on Raw. Don't think I don't hear things. Vic, I regularly make comments on Monday Night Raw. No, this one was directed to one specific person. It was you. Yeah, and so why do you make comments about my favorite football team that you know is just going to anger me when I'm already pissed off? Because while I'm all wound up calling three hours of sports entertainment, it gives me a little smile in my heart to know that my... Biting You're words. smiling right now. It is heard. <laughs> That's right. It makes me happy, Vic. There we go. There you want you want the Cliff's Notes version. You want the Cliff's Notes answer. I insult you on Monday Night Raw subliminally because it makes me very happy. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal. You're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. I want to talk about what the entire WWE universe, the entire entertainment landscape is buzzing about. That, of course, is the colossal announcement we got this past Saturday. Next time we head to Saudi Arabia, Crown Jewel, Roman Reigns defends his undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Logan Paul. Vic, first reaction to this massive matchup. Uh, wow was my first thing. And then I obviously had to go through and start reading things and the press conference and everything that surrounded it. And you brought up entertainment. That's what it is, man. I mean, so many more, we've talked about it enough on this show, right? So many more eyes are going to be on this specific match, this specific event because of one man, not only Roman Reigns, but also Logan Paul. That would be two men. If it's not only Logan Paul, it's not only Roman Reigns. It would be both men. You said it's because well, that's it's what one I said. Man, I said one man, but not man only. I'm not. Man. I didn't want to take out Roman Reigns. You know what I was trying to do. Takes yeah, two, two to tango, Vic. Logan Paul's not wrestling himself. <sighs> Three's Vic. a crowd. I know he's not. I said one man specifically, not leaving out Roman Reigns. Logan Paul, the entertainment. You are I'm loving this right now. You you're so today. far under my skin. Go on. No, I was listening to you pontificate. I nope. was, I was, and, and, all right, well, I'm going to agree with you. This is huge. This is exciting. And I'm going to tell you why that anytime you have a celebrity, which is what Logan Paul is first and foremost, a, a general entertainment celebrity, huge in the digital world, the YouTube shows, the podcast, that's where Logan Paul exists, but everybody knows him. Logan Paul, surprisingly enough, has a massive following in Saudi Arabia Look at this. Anytime you have a celebrity that comes into our world, so to speak, the WWE bubble or the pro wrestling bubble, it splits fans. 
because there are a segment of our fans who are just so loyal to, they just want wrestling and they want great matches and, and entertaining characters, et cetera, et cetera. But then a lot of those same people go, why, why on earth is it this guy? Why? And I can understand being skeptical in years past when the, the celebrity guest is a snooky. And I don't mean that to disparage sure. Snooky. I'm just saying, on paper, you don't have high hopes for a celebrity of that caliber. Logan Paul has managed to cross over from the entertainment world into the sports world extremely credibly. And that's carried over to WWE. We've only seen him have a handful of matches, but nobody will deny that Logan Paul has stepped up to the plate and continues to hit home runs. Finally, I see this as WWE realizing what all Logan brings to the dance. The first few times were, all right, let's let Logan get your feet wet. Go out there, have a little fun, not a lot of pressure. You're in there with The Miz, one of the, the, the best generals in the business. You, we're going we're gonna to handle this with kitten gloves and see if Logan Paul has what it takes. And by his own admission, he's caught the bug badly. And here's a guy who has, for all intents and purposes, the world by the balls, could do whatever it is that he wants to do. And right now, he wants to be in WWE. So why not utilize the machine that comes with Logan Paul and his incredible promotions team? You've got his brother Jake chirping already. Now you've got both Paul brothers talking about this. reminds me of what we're seeing a lot more of outside of the wrestling business, where it's sort of car crash curiosity fight booking. What was it? Le'Veon Bell and um, uh, Adrian Peterson just boxed two football players, but it was a spectacle. And that's probably not the best example because <laughs> right. I think that was sort of a financial disaster. But look at what, what the Paul brothers do. You know, Logan Paul survived. The, the fact, and, and somehow, you know, we, we, we mitigate this and we, we look back on it without the same respect I think it deserves that Logan Paul stood in there with the greatest boxer of this generation from a technical perspective, Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul didn't order the fight. Hell yeah. Because, because you're curious, you want to know, all right, two things are going to happen. Either Logan Paul is going to show up and back up the words that he has spoken, which is what he seems to do each and every time out, or at worst, you're going to see a car crash and Logan Paul is going to get smoked by Floyd Mayweather or, you know, rock Bond's going to knock out Jake Paul or, or whatever the, the situation is. It, 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 people have this morbid curiosity. Why are you watching this? Could it be one of the greatest boxing matches of all time? Probably not. But you want to see what it is. Now we've seen a little bit of what Logan Paul can do. And Logan Paul isn't just like, oh, he's a celebrity and he got through that matchup. Logan Paul is training to excel at this. The dude is putting in the time. The dude is putting in the work. What we saw at SummerSlam was a glimpse. Okay, you want the biggest dog in the yard? You want, want the head of the table? Why not? It's spectacle. It's box office. Saudi Arabia is the perfect place for it. They, they're living for all that. All these different fight organizations in the boxing world or MMA, all heading that way. It's a real hot spot. And this is sort of the, the flavor of the times. These, what would happen if so-and-so fought so-and-so? I mean, when you were a kid, did you, uh, who would win in a fight, a grizzly bear or a tiger? Like those age-old questions, what would it be? Because you never really knew. Now we have a chance to watch this play out before our eyes with a, a extremely talented athlete, polarizing personality in Logan Paul and, and Roman Reigns, who really, we don't need to, to sell Roman anymore. He's already sold himself. Yeah, I think it's also important to note, too, you talk about, you know, the, the landscape. I think also Paul knows what WWE can do for him in expanding his brand to getting new eyes on him. No doubt about it. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. It's business. It's great business. It is smart business. Great business. And it's not, and it's not one-sided because so often throughout history, you know, WWE loves to sprinkle in celebrities when they can. But I'd say 90% of the time, Beyond the initial, oh, that was fun. You don't really look back on a lot of it. I mean, there are a handful of exceptions. Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam Bigelow at WrestleMania. Sure. There, there, there are definitely exceptions. But generally, it's kind of a, oh, this is cool. This is fun to have him around. Or, oh, that was fun. We had that. And, and I want to be careful with how I'm saying this. Bad Bunny at WrestleMania was such a wild success because nobody had any expectations for Bad Bunny. That could have been the match of... That two days. I me. agree. I, and again, and I'm and hats off to Bad Bunny. I'm saying this from a place of respect, but Bad Bunny certainly didn't roll into WrestleMania with any expectations from the crowd's perspective going, oh, this dude's got to be awesome. I think a lot of people, especially those who weren't familiar with Bad Bunny from a musical perspective, go, 
what is this? Like I'm my dad, my dad, you know, we talk about him on here all the time. He's a, he's a big time old school wrestling fan. My dad was like, what the hell is bad bunny? What, who is this guy? I don't even know. After WrestleMania, my dad went, man, that bad bunny guy was pretty good. That was pretty entertaining. How many matches does he have under his belt? Exactly. <laughs> like- <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just funny because, because bad bunny comes in with no expectation. Logan Paul has, worked himself into a position not only within WWE but in anything that he does where he comes with an expectation you expect it to be a high level athletic competition and and anything less than that is unacceptable to not only Logan Paul but to anybody who's you know putting forth all this money to for this attraction because that's exactly what this is and I love it and it's it sort of exists on an island unto itself Within the WWE realm, we've, we've got Survivor Series coming down the pike with War Games, which is another conversation for probably another later later date. Uh, we've got Extreme Rules right around the corner. Hell, the Royal Rumble's not that far off in the horizon, but you have this massive match just floating in the, in the universe right now, Roman Reigns and Logan Paul. And I think, I think this is going to be another in a series of very successful premium live events for us, for WWE, but on an even broader scale as far as getting eyes and casual viewers and perhaps those who may not follow WWE regularly. Because that's why we do this. That's why we've always historically, even going back, the, the did you see the A&E Rock and Wrestling WrestleMania 1 documentary that we did yet? Did you watch it? Yes. Yes, I love all those, by the way. I, they're all fantastic. But that one stood out to me in particular because it really pulled back the curtain. We all knew the WWE version of that history, but it was really cool to hear the MTV executives and David Wolf talking about Cindy Lauper and the gravitas that a pop star like Cindy Lauper brought to WWE at the time. Times have changed. People consume things differently. There's digital media. Everybody's got a cell phone. That wasn't the case at the time, but the theory was always, let's bring somebody into our world from the general broader entertainment world and hopefully some people look at this and go, man, that WWE thing was a lot of fun. Think of this. Logan Paul, I don't have the numbers in front of me, has millions upon millions upon millions of social media subscribers between YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. The guy's got an audience. So if a fraction of that audience goes, I want to see what Logan Paul does. I don't know if, I don't even know if I know who Roman Reigns is, but I want to see what this guy's doing. And now you've got Roman, then Roman now has an opportunity. There's pressure on Roman a different type of pressure than Reigns is usually used to because all Roman usually has to do is go out there, headline the match, have a badass match, and move on. He's at the head of the table. That's just where Roman Reigns exists. But this one, there's going to be different eyes on it. We know Roman, you know, he's he's dipped his toes into Hollywood, and Roman's been very open and honest about aspiring to get there at some point in in the relatively near future. Logan Paul brings a lot more Hollywood cachet with him than a lot of our standard premium live events. So if you're Roman Reigns, I would imagine, obviously, you got the confidence. We saw the press conference. Roman's ready to go out there and smash him and make his name even bigger at the expense of Logan Paul, which I honestly predict happens. But if you're Roman, you realize the opportunity here. This is bigger than just main eventing a premium live event. That's old hat to Reigns. Roman's headlined, what, five WrestleManias now, six WrestleManias. But this comes with that cachet, that... This is, this is big. This is something that is potentially going to get picked up by a lot of different outlets because of Logan Paul and Roman Reigns. You've got the biggest star from within our business versus one of the stars from outside of the bubble. This is just money waiting to be made, magic waiting to happen, and I have no doubt. I am going on the record and saying this. I have no doubt Logan Paul and Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel will live up to the hype. Rant over. <laughs> I agree with you as well. And it's uh, 30 million, by the way, followers between Twitter and Instagram alone just for Paul. 30 million. That's an absurd number to me that now gives more eyes on the product, right? And I love the thing you just said about Roman Reigns because it is a different situation for him. It's a different sort of pressure because of the eyeballs. And I think of uh, a top NBA player, top football player, top baseball player you get different sort of emotions when you finally get to the World Series or the NBA Finals and the games on the line. There's that different type of pressure. I think Roman Reigns will have no problem answering it, but I love the comparison you just gave of there's going to be a different set of eyes for Roman Reigns. And on the flip side, Logan Paul's done, what did you say, SummerSlam with The Miz, right? WrestleMania, he teamed with The Miz. He's never been in the main event spotlight 
in the WWE. So this is going to be a new set of situations for Logan Paul as well. Oh, I completely agree. And, and, and let's be honest. Let's call it like it is. The, if you're a betting person, the odds on favorite have got to be Roman Reigns, right? Logan oh, Paul yeah. is playing with house 100%. money. Logan is playing with house money. Logan Paul is stepping into a situation where if he shows up and delivers, which I believe he will, awesome. It raises Logan Paul's profile, not only in, in his world, but also in WWE. And Logan Paul, again, he seems to have the bug, so to speak, judging from, from limited conversations and interactions and media that he's done, seems to really love this. So he, he's rolling into the biggest matchup, the biggest opportunity anyone in the business can have. You are headlining a premium live event with Roman Reigns. It doesn't get any bigger. So if Logan Paul hits a home run, boom, now we've got a brand new main eventer on our hands. Now we can trot Logan Paul out whenever we want something in a, in a high-profile manner, something to mean something. Logan Paul raises his stock. If Roman Reigns does what he says he does, of course he did. He's Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns showed up, smashed another great athlete like Roman Reigns does about once a month, and moves on. But this is, this is a win-win for everybody involved, with potentially the exception of Roman Reigns. Because if Roman Reigns loses his championships, who the hell knows what that's going to mean for business. And I know Seamus is coming up here in just a few moments, but I want to get your perspective on the press conference atmosphere that we all witnessed. Because I thought it was real cool and real different to have that sort of vibe back in the WWE. It feels, it feels like a fight, like a big fight. I mean, if you're, a, if you're a wrestling fan, that may not be familiar to you, but if you're an MMA or a boxing fan as I am, you get to see that all the time, and it was very on brand. That's what it feels like. It feels like, okay, this is legitimate. These two guys are athletes, and that's what I love about the whole presentation. It's not, oh, you attacked me, so I have to get revenge. It's two spectacular, amazing entertaining athletes going to collide on a very, very big stage in Saudi Arabia at Crown Jewel. I think it was the perfect way to make the announcement. I think it was the perfect way to start the ball rolling. And look, here we are. Here we are chatting about it on After the Bell already because the rest of the world has been chatting about it. Every major news outlet in the world picked up on it because it's huge. It's big business. It's exciting. And I cannot wait to be at Crown Jewel to call that matchup. But I mentioned losing a championship. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the newest member of the bloodline, Solo Sokoa, uh, leaving NXT a little bit lighter than he was when he arrived, which I, I don't know how I feel about that. You were there. For NXT, there's been a lot of buzz over the last week, right? You know, the, the logo showing up at the end, and we talked about that last week, and I think the call was right, and it's going to set up for a magnificent night uh, coming up for Halloween Havoc's premium live event. NXT just continue to make headlines, whether you uh, agree with Solo Sokoa not being a champion or being, I wonder what Roman Reigns feels though. You know, at the end of the day, a member of the bloodline, a little less gold. I mean, I'm sure it stings. It's definitely disappointing, but it, the cool thing for Solo was he just showed everybody, oh, I can do that. I am that dude. I showed up unannounced, won a championship, brought it to SmackDown, defended it successfully. Oh, and then you don't want me to have this anymore? Okay. To me, it just raises the stock of Solo where it's like you're going, hey, you, you got to give that back. You, you can't have that. Somebody else has to play with the championship now. You can't have that. I think I don't think it hurts Solo Sokoa at all. I think it's solidified Solo, if anything. And at the, the few glimpses we've seen since arriving on Friday Night SmackDown and Raw, Solo's the real deal. Solo is, is the next big thing within the bloodline. And I don't think we've got anything to worry about. I think it's going to be just another exciting matchup for NXT to see where it, it, how it pans out. And what else stood out to you this past uh, Tuesday on NXT? Because we were talking about it offline. Yeah, so offline, I, and then full disclosure, I didn't watch NXT start to finish yet this week. I, as you know, have a very limited amount of downtime recently because I am the damn... Fair enough. I am, I was almost said I am the walrus. I was going to say I'm the workhorse, but apparently... <laughs> You're the this walrus? Is, this is where my brain is right now. <laughs> but as I was flipping through the channels... <laughs> Little John Lennon for you. There we go. I'm, I'm going to just float solo. Uh, I, Vic, if you're still there, you've you've left frame, doubled over laughing. <laughs> the walrus. I am the walrus. Oh. Uh, but I, as as I was flipping through the channels, I I saw a big, intimidating, hairy, scary son of a gun, who I would later find out would be Sangha. Uh, and again, I've seen Sangha in the past on NXT, usually in a suit. 
It's been a while since I've seen him in action. This dude, to me, and, I, and you would know better than I, I, I have a very rudimentary knowledge of Sangha, but based solely on appearance alone and the way he moved, the, I pay attention to a lot of little different things, footwork, et cetera, the way a guy moves around the ring. Sangha just stood out to me in a big way, not only because physically is he a big, imposing human being. The guy looks like a cartoon movie villain. The guy it, it just has such a unique look, and he's big, and he's burly, and he's scary. And obviously, you draw comparisons to Veer Mahan, who at one point was Sangha's tag team partner. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know a lot about the guy other than what I saw briefly. And he came up short in his in his matchup. But to me, that guy looks like something that we we should be doing something with that guy. We meaning WWE as a whole. Yeah, Sangha is certainly an intimidating presence, but he's a very spiritual guy. He centers himself. He's, I don't want he's him to focused. be centered and spiritual. I want him to tear somebody's Just tell face you what off. the guy is. I want to see. Well, that's not what he does. Look, we saw Veer. Veer was coming for months. He finally arrived. Seemed to be doing pretty well. And then got a little sidetracked. Veer, Veer forgot who he was for a minute. But maybe maybe Sangha can show back up. I mean, the, the tag team division is getting hotter and hotter week after week. Everybody needs to challenge the Usos because all they do is just shut people down week after week. Uh, maybe it's time. Maybe Sangha needs to come back and... and team up with Veer. Give me more of Sangha. And and while I'm talking Sangha, because last time I'd seen him on my TV, he was aligned with Grayson Waller. And just real quick before we move, Seamus is getting on the line as we speak. Can't wait to talk to the Celtic Warrior. I uh, just want to send a shout out to Grayson Waller. I'm enjoying the dude. And when I'm enjoying somebody for the reason I'm about to tell you, you you'll know exactly. Vic, you know me. You know what, what I enjoy, what tickles my fancy. When Grayson Waller is on my screen, I want to punch him in his face. Hats off when Corey Graves is annoyed to death by Grayson Waller and the dude is under my skin and I see his face and I think I just want to put my thumb in his eyeball. That's good. That's a great thing. I mean, that's a, that is a, the highest compliment I can give a, a quote unquote bad guy. And he gets a lot of comparisons to the Miz, rightfully so. He's doing it his own way. He's different. It's a more modern spin. Grayson Waller, man, I, I think that dude's got a he's got a hell of a, a a shelf life here if he keeps his head on straight. Obviously, you have caught the Grayson Waller effect and in a bad way. Do I have to get antibiotics for that or something? Knowing Grayson, you might need to get some penicillin. I don't know how you transition yeah, from that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't transition from that. I just change the subject flat out to something I want to talk about a lot more than uh Vic's medical history. I want to talk about the dude who is what? You said I had anal bleeding one time. Stop I didn't throwing out my that. bad medical history of not true. Said okay. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he's been banging on the proverbial podcast door for several minutes now. If Vic would ever shut up, we'd let him in. He is the Celtic warrior. He is Seamus. Seamus, despite everything that you have accomplished already to this point in your career, countless championships, memorable moments, it seems as though... In the year 2022, at the age of 44, as long as you have been doing this, the world is finally giving Seamus his flowers. Why now? Why this career resurgence at this point in your career? I feel because it's organic, man. You know, I, I won the WWE Championship very, very quickly at the beginning of my career. Uh, I angered a lot of people. Um, shocked a lot of people. You know, and so when you go to the top that quickly, it's, you know, it, it's... It doesn't give you much much wiggle room, you know what I mean? You go that quick and there's only one place to go after it. But yeah, like the, I definitely in the beginning of my career, I walked in, I had a unique look, very unique look, still do, um, a different type of style, a very aggressive, rugged style. And I was I was like, unlike anything that WWE had really ever seen before. So when I went in there, it was just, it, it created a huge amount of store and People didn't know what to, what to make of me. I came in at a good time too because I had a run in ECW with Goldust, which was great. You know, it was uh, we pushed each other really, really hard in the ring. Uh, it got a lot of people noticing, including uh, Vince, Cena, everybody on Raw. And then automatically, then I was just in a space of I think about twenty four hours notice, and I was told I was going to Raw. I didn't was told wasn't told why I was going there. And then you know. I think because the whole thing was John and Randy had just come to an end of this this feud that had gone on for probably like five months. They had like a bunch included in an Ironman match, and like there was a like 
I think street fights. There's so many different types of stipulation matches. They just pushed that feud to the end. And John and Randy were looking for new opponents. Randy's still a heel. John, obviously, the, the you know the, the top babyface in WWE. And uh, you know everything else seemed exhausted. And it was a fresh, it was a fresh opponent for John. Someone that could, you know, that was a realistic opponent for him. Someone that could push him to the limit. And uh, and that's that's what happened. I got I got tested a little bit on Raw. Had a couple of matches with Jamie. They wanted to see how I could do, even though I'd been on ECW for five months. Going going to Raw's it's that's it's the flagship show, you know what I mean. So it was it was a huge huge moment, huge opportunity, and then I grabbed it with both hands. So you know, I went in there, did that, and then I went on to win multiple WWE championships in the first year. I was up there mixing up with Edge, Randy, Triple H, Cena, and I think what was what's been the biggest thing about this is that like you know I've always put performance in every time I'm in the ring. I've always given everything I had. But I think there's this kind of like there's this shadow. Once once the fans feel like that it's it's not organic or it's not coming from them, I feel that like they definitely push back in a lot and they they resent it. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise. But if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal. You're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Jedi are being murdered. On June 4th, Star Wars returns only on Disney+. Plus. I didn't do it. Believe me. She was my student. Let me be the one to bring her in. Now she is a student of the dark side. An acolyte. Star Wars The Acolyte. Two episode premiere June 4th, only on Disney+. Plus. Do you think you were a bit of a victim of your own success? due to just being put in a position that you were. And, and to your point, you just hit home runs. You keep being put in the lineup, and every time you hit a home run, you're going to keep getting playing time. And, and you think it was sort of a resentment that the fans just decided, eh, we, we don't want this guy. Is that, is that what the case was? Yeah, look, WWE, the, the fans really are, like, you know, the, what they call the, the 12th man in football, whatever. Like, they really are. Like, it's, it's, you know, people talk about, you know, social media and they talk about interactiveness with, with the fans, but there's no doubt about it. WB have been like from day one, like they're, they, they let everybody know how they feel and what they want. And if they don't feel like they're behind a push, especially as a baby face, if they don't feel they're behind that and they're not involved in that and it's forced, then they're, they're, they're going to kick back against it. When I was a heel, obviously, you know, that was my job. You know what I mean? I, I didn't, didn't give a you know what I mean? I went there. There wasn't no cheers. I wasn't out there to like win the crowd. I was there to for the, those people to hate me, um, make a name for myself, and win as many championships as possible. You know, come on, formidable foe to all these top guys who've been in that position for many years. And I did a great job with that. I know we did. I went in there and I bleed and killed it. No matter who I was in, like, you know, we have this this kind of issue sometimes where. The two opponents in the ring, it's its not a believable contest. But no matter who I went in there against, if it was Triple H, if it was Cena, if it was Randy, like, fans didn't know what way that was going to go. And You're a big physical <laughs> That's become your MO. That's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, I'm a physical <laughs> That's what I'm good at, you know? I, you know, I've trained with Dr. Tom. I've, you know, I've always been very physical, whether it's in Gaelic football or rugby. And um, I've always had that, like, intensity that's brought me through to where I am right now, whether it was in the gym when I first started off and I was a teenager. I've, I've a lot of stuff that drives me from being, a, you know, from being a kid. And uh, it's carried me all this way through and it still stays with me. There's a fire that burns in me, man. And it just, you know, it's, it, it still hasn't been extinguished at this part of my career. And that's a testament to yourself and your drive and your will because to do it at the level you have 
for as long as you have, that's it's it's increasingly rare. You know, you get a lot you, a lot of guys come in. God, as long as you've been here, Seamus, everyone comes in for a cup of coffee. They're here today, gone tomorrow. So so that ability that you have to remain active and relevant throughout this, and that's a testament to you and your work ethic. So I mean, hats off on that. Appreciate that, Corey. Thanks, man. I really do. Uh, but that's just the way I am. Like, like got a bunch of titles over there behind me. But one thing I've always done every time I go out there is I always go out as if I've actually achieved nothing. Like today is my first day that people are going to see Seamus. That's the thing. Like when I retire, I can look at all this stuff behind me and I can go, that's great. Even though it's hanging on the wall and stuff, I have to put it somewhere because I want to show it some, uh, I want to show it, uh, I want to present it. And you know, I'm very like uh, proud of everything I've achieved. I don't really come in this room, to be honest, that much because I only come in here when I do interviews and stuff. But like my mentality is if you go in there that you've achieved X amount of stuff and you've won it all, then, you know, you're, there's no doubt about it that your passion and drive is going to drop. And the idea is just to zone out and go in there like, you know, I've won nothing and today is the first day and I want to achieve this, this and this. That's why I've been so adamant and so vocal about the Intercontinental Championship because it is the one title that is not sitting on this on this shelf right here. And it's the one I want more than anything. Um, and that's what's been driving me. You know, you have to have goals. You have to have, uh, you have to have targets and you have to know what, what's, what's next. So going back to what you're saying. So at the beginning, you know, I did a great job. And then obviously then the, the, the fans, you know, when you start here, there's only one way to go and that's down. So then I went down, I was having great matches, banger matches with Daniel Bryan and John Morrison. I was in that kind of mid-card situation. So I'd won two WWE titles, and then I won the United States uh, Championship. And then after that, you know, I was king of the ring. And then, you know, but then we came back up again. So I felt like it was very organic. People realized, the fans realized, you know, what I was doing in that ring, how aggressive I was. The match at TLC in 2010 against Morrison Still one of my favorite matches, but that really opened a lot of eyes for a lot of people. And I don't think Morrison never had a match like that before in his career. So we both literally were going out there to break that glass ceiling. And then I started, then the fans started to turn with me and they started to go with me. And I did the thing with Mark Henry where I was a heel up to that night. And I just, Mark Henry was talking about, there was no one to fight him when he was in the Hall of Pain. And I stepped out and immediately I'll fight the him. Crowd. <laughs> I remember that vividly. I, that, that's one of my favorite. I, I remember thinking, whoa, because it was so different. It was just this badass that wants to fight. Oh, okay. I remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah, that's all I did. And we went to SummerSlam, you know, still a heel. But then then the fans started getting behind me. You know what I mean? They were, they were, they were digging this. It was organic, you know, being a heel. And then, but like I did everything else then, you know, things stepped in and then it was, then it felt like, I guess for the fans, it felt like it was being taken away from them. I mean, you've seen it happen to so many people. You've seen it happen to Roman Reigns. Sure. I mean, watching that that time when he was in the, the Royal Rumble and, and everyone wants to win it. I think Batista won it that year. He was going into WrestleMania 30 and Roman was hot. He was eliminating people and he got eliminated. And then fans, you know, they, they kind of turn on, their, on the rest of the match, especially with Dave won and Dave being back as a baby face. But that's what I'm talking about. The Roman thing was organic. But then after that, that's when everything started to change. And that's when they started to turn on him. And it wasn't actually until uh, I came back with the Mohawk and had uh, screwed him out of the Survivor Series match. Then people were actually starting to get behind Roman again. So I was, I'm just going to say I was hugely instrumental in that because I knew <laughs> everybody hated me. This has, been, this has been the best humble brag of all time. Beginning with Seamus going, Oh, this is just my room full of championships that I never come yeah, in unless yeah. I want to do an interview. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with all these damn titles that I've won? <laughs> I have to put them somewhere, right? I love it. I love it. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing, mate. You know, for the longest time, I've been so humble in my life, humble in my career. You know, I've played everything down and I'm not doing that anymore, mate. You know what I mean? I'm not doing that anymore. I think it's kind of an Irish thing sometimes to be humble. You know what I mean? And listen... First person to knock you into place is an Irish star, you know, like give you a slap on the nuts if you get a bit carried away from yourself. But I'm not going to be humble anymore, mate, because I know I look back on my career and every time I go out there and I wear my heart and my sleeve and I put everything into it, whether it's a heel or, you know, whether it's my heel time and even in my baby face run, you know, I was having great matches with Sandow and Tenzai and, you know, like I was in there every week doing two seg matches on Raw and I was beating the absolute out of myself as, as world heavyweight champion. But of course, the whole thing with Brian, like Brian was getting hot at that time. We were at that 18 seconds match. 
and then everything kind of just switched. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's when I felt like I was fighting the tide all the time, but I was still having banger match after banger match. And I think the time there was because of my position, I felt like people, no matter what I did in that ring, no matter how, how hard hitting my matches were, you know, I just felt like they just didn't want to get, didn't want to get in behind it because they, in their mind, they felt this is not coming from them. It's, it's, I mean, it's a common thing. It, it, our, our fans love to choose their heroes. They do not love to be told who their heroes are. That's been proven time and time again. And it seems as though now with your body of work and everything you've accomplished and to your point, banger after banger after banger, particularly recently, it felt very much like it all culminated in Cardiff. You and Gunther, Intercontinental Championship. Talk to me about that night as a whole. I'll tell you something now. I've been very fortunate to experience a lot of amazing moments in my career. And going into that match, I knew there was a lot of hype about it. Like, I knew that people really wanted to see it. And I like, especially if I go back just a little bit, like I came back after the concussion I got at the rest, last WrestleMania in New York. I, I'm so bad at these WrestleMania numbers. Like there's like so many WrestleManias. The last one we had in New York, I got a concussion on the SmackDown and I was out for a while. I had some neck injuries too. And I worked on all that stuff and I came back and I was really hyped about it. And I got sent instead of like, after being out on the shelf since mania. So I think it was like six months. I was in these backstage promos that really aren't going anywhere. Like it started off really cool. The first one I did in the, in the, in the backstage, it was coming out. It was like, there was, there was so much hype about it, right? So much hype. And then it just happened like the week after and the week after it just didn't, it created a lot of story at the beginning, but then it just kind of faded out. So even before the time the rumble came, when I actually got back in the ring with the shorty G thing, it was like, I was told to go over to BT and I had a match with Andrade in a BT arena because we just signed a deal with them. It was a complete, massive, massive, like, let down return. Because for me, it was like, I felt I deserved to come back in the big stage after everything I've done in my career. So I came back and then obviously then I'm in the rumble, but then I'm wrestling Shorty G, an incredible talent. He's really running himself now. He's, he's being himself. He's enjoying it. He's got the shush thing. He's, he's been back to who Chad Gable really is. But that Shorty G thing was absolutely dead in the water before it even started. And then we go into the rumble. And then all of a sudden, then we hear it's on the pre-show of the rumble, right? And then it's like, then we, we do it, and then there's, a, there's an issue with attendance. I feel like I've said this already, but and then we're like resting in front of an, an empty baseball stadium. I think that had just happened last time you were on this show because I, I remember being there in the stadium, yeah. and, and you guys were at the kickoff, and the, they couldn't get the crowd in the seats soon enough, so everyone was still kind of filing in, and there was about 20% of the stadium there to actually watch the match. Yeah, that was. I don't even know if it was 20%, Corey. But anyway, it was a massive... I'm being event. generous. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. You probably are. We knocked the bollocks out of each other, mate. And, uh, and you know, it was just a massive, uh, you know, it was a huge anticlimax. And then, but then, it would, but looking back on it, it was, in some ways, it was great because after that, it got me ready for the Thunderdome. Sure. Hey, because... You know, a couple of months later, obviously, we went into the pandemic and then we're wrestling in, in front of nobody. And that's really where everything started to kick off for me, Corey, because I got a new lease, lease of life in there. I got an opportunity to go in there and show everybody what I could do. There was no crowd. There was nothing else except you and Cole on the on the commentary floor and me in there with the opponent. And that was the moment that things changed. I could. I, a lot of people were like, a lot of the, the, the guys and girls were very much they're really apprehensive. Like it was, a, it's a whole new territory. Like it's very intimidating. You know, there's times the matches when you can go to the crowd and you bring the crowd in and, you know, take those moments, but there was no opportunity for that. It was the ring, you guys and the, and the opponents in there in the ring. And I, I embraced that man because I knew that my physicality would get a proper, uh, a proper platform to be shown at how good I am. And I went there every single time and people were talking about how aggressive I was, how brutal I was. There were no crowd shots. It was the, the physicality started in there. And I just ran with that and I embraced it. And it was, to me, it was just an unbelievable opportunity. Like I did a Celtic Warrior workout with Cena and Cena was like, uh, you know, be comfortable in the uncomfortable. And that's what I did. And I embraced it. And then and all of a sudden then 
when I started again, I did the whole thing with Jeff, which was unbelievable. Great match out of Jeff. Some of the best matches he's had, uh, you know, had in the last couple over the last couple of years. Then I went in with Big E, and Big E just come out of the New Day, and uh, you know, obviously he was considered this kind of like this, this kind of comedy wrestler. He's fun, like he's gyrating in the ring. You've seen it, you know. He goes to you all the time, or he used to go to you all the time when you're on commentary sure. and I wind you up. But he's just like this happy guy, even though he's jacked out of his mind and he's rolling around the ring and he's like gyrating in the ring and I took all that out of him man and I made him a serious a serious uh, wrestler just in that feud alone putting him through that bleeding windshield and that match we had a false count anywhere match it's again still people remember like we made it epic we went all around the building we knocked the absolute out of each other again and a biggie coming out the other side went on to become WWE World Heavyweight Champion it just gave it people had seen had seen this side of biggie that they'd never seen before right. that's what I'm good I'm great at dragging dragging a fight out of everybody i make them step up because if they don't step up Corey, they can step off you know what i mean so all these matches and the stuff with drew with bobby like everybody went in there damien priest that put him on the map like a demo to the point where he was like the people were behind him you know what i mean like the yeah for sure same with riddle man we go in there with riddle when he first got there i remember we had like three minutes or five minutes and me and riddle got together we went out there on the fly and put on another great match again and then the matches are how riddle after that you know i've been putting people on the map for so long i think it was a question of where like people started going you know what maybe there is <laughs> there's something there's to this <laughs> you know what i'm saying you know maybe seamus is the common denominator so going back to cardiff man it's just you know they say rome isn't built in a day they say success isn't done overnight it's taken me took me 13 years uh, in a WWE career to earn that moment and it was unbelievable still to this I just stand out there and first of all the reception I got when I went out there you know I didn't know what way it was going to go you know Gunter obviously obviously has a a cult following as well for being NXT UK champion for such a for so many years and then I'm going in there you know what I mean so I didn't know really what to expect and this it's a moment I'll never forget Corey it's probably like the biggest moment I've had up at this point in, in, in WWE. How did you mentally prepare for that matchup that day? Did, did you did you roll into Cardiff knowing that hey, your your buddy Drew, your your best mate, is headlining this deal with Roman Reigns? You guys have the Intercontinental Championship match, but you're on what second or third, and that's that old wrestler mentality. Like, okay, follow that. Did you did you walk out there that night with that mentality? Like, we're gonna go out there, we're gonna be what everybody's talking about. Of course. That's that's the goal for everybody. If that's not your goal in this business, then what the hell are you doing here? That was absolutely yeah. Listen, me and Drew are best mates, but I was going out there to bleed and steal the show, no matter what. I my that was the goal from day one. Once I knew this match was going to happen, I'm like, I'm stealing the show here. Like there's there's no doubt about it. Like I went out there against a lad, a bleeding awesome lad by the way, uh, Gunter, great wrestler, very aggressive, knows his role, great heel, right? Great opponent. But we went out there. I went out there with uh, no promotion, no mural on the walls, no press conference. I went out there two weeks, two weeks for that match that we had, right? And the biggest promotion came, I think, that the, the, the SmackDown, the, the, the SmackDown before, the one the night before. Right, where you, where you and Gunther stood in the ring and the Brutes and everybody fought around you. That was it, right? That's all I needed to blow the roof off a 70,000-seat arena. That's it, right? Just like, I don't need any of this shit, man. I don't need any of this, this big paint on the wall, the shame or I don't need bleeding big press conferences to hype me up, do you know what I mean, or big promotional packages. Give me a bleeding uh, arena. Give me, like, bleeding uh, 15, 20, give me 20 minutes in that ring with a formidable opponent, and I will give you a match of the night every single time. I will give you something that nobody else is going to see that night because nobody is going to see the brutality, aggression, and passion that I bring in that ring. And it's taken 14 years, Corey, but you know what? It doesn't matter how long it's taken because that moment in Cardiff was, to me, was the, the moment of my career, one of the high, high, biggest moments of my life. And if it's taken that long, then that's even better because I know I've earned every single cheer and every single uh, part of that experience for all the years I put together. Like, listen, 
when we get something for like, when something comes really, really fast, how do you really appreciate that? Right. Very good. Point. But that's where on make to, to go, to keep going forward on and on and on and on. I haven't lost track of the internet content the championship, but man, I'm telling you, dude, all I need is a ring. Give me a ring that this, that's deserving of Seamus and give me a formidable opponent and I will give you match of the night every single time. I will give you banger after banger after banger after banger after banger after banger after banger i was gonna I see how far he's gonna go <laughs> <laughs> you know there's there's a lot of truth in what you said because i can admit here before clash graves and i talked and i said the match that i'm looking forward to is seamus gunther i can go back to wrestlemania in tampa graves and i both said the match we're looking forward to seamus riddle and the list goes on and on at this stage of the game in your career. Is that something that also drives you is have great matches and, and help the future. Is that what your focus is now rather than adding accolades more so? Yeah, that's it. Like, I mean, I just, that's my passion. I don't want to go and I don't want to leave that ring knowing that like it hasn't been matched tonight. And if it does, it's going to bother me until the next one. Because I know, like, after all these years, I told you, I'm tired of just playing the humble game. And, you know, I know there's nobody who can touch me in there. Absolutely nobody. There's nobody who can touch my physicality. And people know when they come to a WWE show and Sheamus is on there that they're going to see some, they're going to see a pure aggression violence. They're going to see something that they, they will not see in any other match. And regarding the new talent, that's exactly what I've done. I've done everything I can to bring that talent up. Like the stuff with Damien Priest, we were at the round the horn about, jeez, it felt like about 20 times. But every match we had was even better than the last. Um, I had him like, even like with the, the mask where I had my nose broken with Humberto. You know what I mean? Where we finally get the win at SummerSlam and got the United States Championship. Even after that, went into a rematch with three-way. I went in there, you know, another great match, another banger. And then, of course, the last one we had, um, I think, when I had my nose broken before, because I had my nose broken again, but I wanted to have that last, um, I think it was Falls Count Anywhere match with him, where I white noised him through the through the table, and he broke me arse because the table just, <laughs> just disintegrated. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't walk for a bit. I, could, I could, honestly couldn't walk for about three wow. weeks. Wow. I was like, really? Like that. Basically, it's like just, I just basically just took the, took the arse bump off the apron with, with Damo on his shoulders onto oh, the floor. Directly on his tailbone. Yikes, <laughs> you know what I mean? Corey, people have been telling me for years, I'm a lunatic, I need to slow down. You know, you, you'll, you'll get to a point where, you know, you'll get to an age or you get to a point in your body where you can't, you can only do so much. You got these clever, like, yeah. Hey, here's, here's Seamus trying to make every one of those people into a liar. <laughs> Just going, oh, I have to do that. I can't do that anymore. Watch. <laughs> I love it. I'm not doing that. I'm not half-assing anything. Yeah, I'm going to feel it physically on my body, but that's it. You know, it's part of it. For sure. The biggest thing I used to hate was when there was, there was guys here for such a long time, and they were just phoning it in. And I'm like, I'll never do that. I'm never going to phone it in. Never. I'll never rest on this stuff behind me. I'll never rest on these laurels or these, or these accolades that I have. Because if I do, I'm dead in the water. Who wants to come and see that? Agreed, man. Like, whatever, about 10 years ago or five years ago or three years ago, even in the Thunderdome two years ago, the matches with Drew and Bobby and, and, and you know, like, and then coming out of that with Damo and all, like, that's great, but we're living in the moment. We're living in the present. I'm not going to live on anything or, or just phone it in because of what I've done before. I want to keep going until the wheels fall off, man. And that's how I am. That's, a, that's how I live my life. That's how passionate I am. Like, don't get me wrong. After all these years with the travel and everything, it does take – it's toll on you. Like going back and forth to the West Coast, like we have been for the last couple of weeks, it's tough, you know, dragging myself in. Like, like anybody else, I don't wake up every morning and go, oh, yeah, big leg day. Let's go in there and crook. <laughs> I'm like, oh, leg day. Oh, my God. Got a cup of coffee into me. I'll stretch. Okay. All right. Let's go and do this. It's, 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 it's some days are, are more of a struggle than others. I'm not Superman. I don't, I'm not going to complain and say, like, I go like a people on Instagram. Oh, I just crush this and crush this and crush this every day. I go in there, no problem, like a robot and crush it. That's all bullshit. Yeah. That's bullshit. You are a human being. 
there's times you don't want to work out. They're the times you got to suck up and drag yourself in. And they kind of be like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this, but you get in there and you do it, you know, and you get through it and you put what you can into it. Other days you'll, you'll wake up and you'd be like a bleeding 12 year old going, yeah, let's get into the gym, you know? But a lot of the time it, it can be a struggle. And like everybody watching here, you know, people who are not in this business or people who are trying to work out themselves. It's, we start like I and I know a lot of the guys share the same mentality when it comes to training. We're not super we're not superhuman, you know. There are times when we don't want to do it, but it's part of it, man. I have to do it. It's it, it's what I need to do is stay in shape, stay in the gym. And days like there's a lot of days I don't want to do it, but I I drag my ass in there. Well, we're talking about that work ethic. I heard a rumor. Is there any truth to said rumor that we will be seeing the return of the Celtic Warrior workouts in the near future? Yes, yeah, that's that's very true. I've got a I've got a couple in the bag in the bank already, so we're just working on them and the new format and everything. So um, I've got quite a few done. You're on the list. I know. The I've, been, I've been skirting it for a while, but you'll get me one of these days. That would be fun if both of you did it. We're gonna have to up the insurance if Vic shows up, though. Yeah, my mine would be more of a comedy episode than anything else because my workout regimen is one sit up a day when I wake up and go back to bed. So, what would you do to help me out? What kind of plan would be built for me? Well, we'd have to figure that out. That would be something we'd have to talk about. That Vic, would... if we got into a gym, I would I would immediately walk to the utility closet and get a broom and a dustpan to scoop up whatever was left of you after Seamus tried to run you through All right. The only gym I know is my brother. <laughs> Great thing about the Celtic Warrior workouts, Vic, is that what really keeps them fresh is that it's not my journey. It's not my workout. It's whoever I'm working out with. It's their journey. So I think it will be because you guys are doing the podcast and everything, I think it would be great if you did both of you guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's it would be something that you and Corey would put together. More like Corey because Corey's, you know. I've been in a gym before. <laughs> not recently. Not recently, but I have attended. We're talking about the hearing. I think like 05 was the last time I was in a gym. Oh, your missus could do a work. Your missus already did a workout for us, so she could actually put the workout together. There you go. Maybe, see? We could have, uh, have Carmella, like, you know, yeah. Uh, Run the whole thing for three. The creative of us, you know? process is is just happening before your very ears right now, ATB listeners. This is how the magic happens. How the donuts are made. That's right, Shamo. Before I let you go uh, tonight, as oh, we keep talking. Wait, you want to kick me off? No, 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 no. I'm I'm just yeah. I, I want to go on record as a saying that I will take you up on that offer to come to a workout. Yeah. I have no problem with that. Graves, are you in? Yeah, well, hell, you're getting married soon. You might as well do the wedding, the single workout, and the funeral all at once. I mean, it's going to be, you know, all intertwined. You're such a... <laughs> such a... <laughs> but, uh, Shamo, I want, such a, I want to ask you, Shamo, uh, it, it, this is coming out on Friday. Uh, the, tonight, as this airs, two charges of yours, the Brawling Brutes, Ridge Holland Butch, will be challenging the Usos for the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. Talk to me a little bit about what it's been like working alongside Butch and Ridge and, and sort of bringing them into the forefront of the game. Look, listen, it's been awesome working with those those boys. Like, I, I'll be honest with you, they're awesome to work with. They're great fucking great lads. Down to air, it's salt in the earth. And they have a lot of passion for this business. Butch has obviously a lot more time and uh, in the game. You know, he started a lot earlier. Ridge comes from a rugby professional, rugby league background. So the lads are like, as, as athletes go, they're fantastic. And they're two completely different types of athletes too. Ridge is like a, like a juggernaut, you know. I call him Ridge the fridge because he's kind of shaped like a, he's the size of a bleeding. If like yeah. a fridge hits you, that's kind of the vibe from him. And then obviously Butch is very, very uh, athletic, uh, very technical. And he's got such a unique style with the, the finger stuff and the... I call him, you know, the finger stuff and the and the joint stuff. I call him basically the chiropractor's worst nightmare <laughs> Amen. because he's popping all these bleeding fingers out and stuff. But yeah, they're they're finally getting an opportunity to shine. You know, in the beginning, obviously everyone knows that feud with New Day, but you know, we came out of that feud for so long, and then you know, and then obviously I went into the stuff with Drew, and they're kind of like hadn't had their, hadn't had too much chance to shine, you know, and show what they can do. Um, and now on the other side of it, now they're getting, they're getting plenty of opportunity to show that and they're killing it. They were all raw, had an absolute banger match against, uh, uh the street profits. Um, they, you know, there's that four way last, that's Friday, the number one contendership. And they went in there and they really shone on that as well with three other tag teams, new day, of course, Imperium, and then, uh, hit row, you know, so they're in there and they're, they're doing great stuff, man. Great stuff. And again, they're going to tear the house down this Friday against the Usos. 
Like there's so much potential there for that for that team. I, I, I'm just so happy for them. They got that moment as well on Friday and of course last Monday as well. They're going to go in there. I'm telling you right now, Usos have never met a pair like this before. They're so they've got such strengths. Their strengths are so different, you know. And the power of Ridge, like he's really taking his moments in there. He's slowing down. He's showing his strength with that, like the suplex, the, the you know Stalin suplex, and then the underhook. And he, you know, he's hitting that pounce. He's really, he's just getting better and better and better. And of course, Butch as well has embraced that character from day one. And now he's thrown in little, little bits of like Pete Dunne in there as well. Like he's come together great as well. I'm excited, man. And I know they're gonna, they're come, gonna come away with those was tag team titles, mate, undisputed. Because I know Usos, not, Usos, they've been coasting along, fella. You know what I mean? They've got, they've, they've been wrestling kind of like the same sort of vibe. The Street Profits, load of times. And, uh, you know, New Day and all that. But this is a different tag team, man. This is the Brawl and Brutes, fella. These are two lads who are hungry. They are so hungry for WWE gold. And Usos are going to get a rude awakening when they bleed and take them down and knock the absolute bleeding bollocks out of them on Friday. And I'll be there. We'll be in Shillelagh and Ham, and I'll be enjoying every single minute as Butch Bleeding takes those fingers and, and creates, creates 10-inch gaps between all those fingers in his hand. As Ridge bleeding mounts him, bangs him off the ropes or throws him around the ring like the bleeding juggernaut from uh, from Marvel. I'm I'm really really excited for him. I'm proud of him. I'm so happy. And as you talked as well, Vic, about you know helping the young talent. That's exactly what I'm trying to do, mate. I'm trying to uh, doing everything I can to to bring these guys up and help whoever needs to be helped. I have my own goals. I have my own agendas. My own things I want to do and achieve. Keep. Um, to stay in that ring as long as possible on the other side of it, doing everything I possibly can to help all the new blood as well. I could go through a list as long as Vic's arm because his left arm is really long. That's really strange. freaks me out. But uh, I could go through the list as long as that, you know what I mean? But no, that's the crack. I know they're going to do it. I know they're going to do the job. I know they're going to the titles. And for me going after that, I'm just going to keep having banger after banger after banger after banger, after banger, after banger. I was gonna say, I was wait. We need a we need a clock. I was we need, we need a counter, go. a little ding, day the rolling. <laughs> just keep keep that going. Uh, I'm pumped for SmackDown on Friday. It's gonna be a huge opportunity for these boys. You know, we've talked about a Hall of Fame career, a first ballot Hall of Fame career. What do you credit your longevity? Taking a look at it in a whole. I'm not even thinking about this Hall of Fame thing. I, I see this Hall of Fame thing all the time, and it's just. You know, it's, it's, it's grand and all. I appreciate people saying it, but people start saying, when I start talking about Hall of Fame and people bring it up, just, it's just like, to me, that's... You're still that's doing work, end. man. You're still in it. Yeah. You got guys like Vic just trying to rile you up, just trying to trying to put everybody to a premature pasture. Not trying to rally, you're not trying to rally anyone up. I asked what's that had to do his longevity of his historic career of all those championships. That's so far away. Way to go. Way to insult our guest, Vic. I didn't say he was going in the hall. I just said you've had a Hall of Fame career. What is added to the longevity? You're saying I'm not good enough for the Hall of Fame. What's your problem? No, actually, to be to be honest, What's I think problem, you've had two Hall huh? of Fame careers. I think the first half of your career was Hall of Fame worthy, and I think the Kick, second half of your career has been Hall of Fame worthy. You're almost the Tom Brady of the NF of the from the NFL wow. and the WWE. Wow! Suck it, Graves. Hey, look at my owl there. Look, look at all of it. Come on. Yeah, me fired up now. I'm about to go work out. adults can talk again. <laughs> no, you're not, Vic. Come on, let's be honest. Uh, Shame, we are running low on time, but I need to get your thoughts on something. As as someone who's been around this game, in this business for as long as you have, who has been at the very tip top of the mountain, there isn't much, particularly within the halls of WWE, that Seamus hasn't lived and experienced. Obviously, we are in the midst of a great changeover within our company and therefore the business as a whole. What have these last few months meant to Seamus and how do you feel your role changes or evolves with a new regime and a new era, so to speak, in WWE? Where does he fit in? Well, I'll tell you, Corey. He fits in by going out there every single week and having banger after banger after banger after banger after banger. After banger, 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 after banger.
Well, Vic, it doesn't sound to me like uh, old Shamo has any intention of slowing down. Why would he at this point? He's performing at as high of a level than when he began. I can honestly say if he's on the card, I've never been disappointed. Agreed, agreed. Uh, and luckily, there's still time for you to back out of doing a Celtic Warrior workout because let's I'm be honest, in for Vic, it. I don't think it's best for you in any physical capacity to lift anything that weighs more than 12 ounces. I'm in. Ooh, 12 ounces. Yeah, I do a good 12-ounce curl. Hey, if you say so. Make sure you find the Celtic Warrior workouts on YouTube. Follow Seamus all over social media. Follow us at After the Bell, WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find him at Vic Joseph WWE. Listen for free on Spotify. Just search After the Bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Go ask Alice what the Dormouse said. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. Banger after banger after banger after banger after banger after banger after banger.